Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. I would like to pray some scripture over you, if that is possible, if you allow me to do this. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul writes a prayer that he has had for the church in Ephesus. And he writes it down. And this is my prayer for you. So this was for Ephesus originally. But if you would let me, I just want to pray this over you this morning. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I am praying right now in this room that you would get a spirit of wisdom. Some of you have been trying to to find worldly answers to your very deep spiritual battle of hopelessness. But I pray right now that God would give you all wisdom and revelation so that you may know a few things, so that you may know with your heart enlightened the hope to which you've been called. That we would, as Glory Church, know the hope to which he has called us into the city, at which he has called us into this place, as which he has called us into our neighborhoods, that we would know the hope to which we've been called, that we would know the glorious inheritance that we have as brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God. And Paul says that we would know the power, the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the workings of his greatness. Paul continues and he says, God put this power in work in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And so therefore we should have death to life power reside in us. And he says that the name of Jesus is higher that every name that is named is not above his own. And this is not only in this age, but in the age to come. And God has put all things under Jesus' feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body. The church is the fullness of him who fills all things in all ways. My prayer, glory family, is that you would come to know the fullness of God Jesus, I pray this to be true. Glory family, when this is saying, and I will tell you, when he is writing these things, it is not to an individual. It is to a collective people that together they would know their hope, that together they would know their purpose, that together they would understand the inheritance that they have, that together they would come to know the power. And I think we miss these things, if I can be blunt. I think we miss these things because we make our relationship with Jesus a me and him thing. And we behead Christ from his body. The fullness of God is found in his people, with his people. He is the head, the head of the body. And you can have a pursuit of peace, but if it's alone, then you will always miss the fullness of peace that Jesus has. Because it's found when we live in community, when we're together, when we are one. 
And so we're going to dive into that this morning, and I am pretty excited, but did you know when we meet, the fullness of God is here? So as you sit this morning, I want you to look to someone next to you and say, hey, the fullness of God is here. Can you do that? Say, hey, the fullness of God is here. You're going to have a seat, guys. Now one to your second, your second choice, the other person, you know, the one that you don't really care about. Tell them that the fullness of God is here for them too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Glory family, I am excited to have you. Those of you who are watching online, I would tell you uh, it is so good that you would still use this as a great tool to enjoy and worship with us, but I cannot wait until we can be in this place, no strings attached, all together, um, and, and the, day, the day is coming. God has some great things in store for our city, his people. And so uh, it is great to have you. If you are new, though, my name is Greg McKinney. My wife and I are the lead pastors here at Glory Church, and we strive to make this place a family. We are a new church, which naturally means that uh, we, we are, are new to this whole thing. All right, we are, we are, we're striving every day to be what God has called us to be. Um, so you are a part of this. You are a part of the family, whether you are young or old or, or uh, rich or poor, have a background in church or, or have no idea who God is. You, you have a seat at this table. All right. And we are so thankful that you would be here with us. I will tell you this morning, we are in week five of a series that we started at the first of January, and uh, it has been a stretching one. I will, I will tell you, those of you who were with us last week, thank you so much for praying for me and my family. Um, if, if you were in the service, you heard that we got word in the middle of Saturday night that my wife's family's house, so her child at home, was on fire, um, which has been a very emotional week. Uh, the, you don't realize that what the fire doesn't ruin, the water does, because you put so many tons of water to put out a fire. And it just soaks through. It destroys. So the roof has fallen in many places, uh, not just from fire, but from water. So I thank you for your prayers because we could see God's hand in all of it. Their neighbors came to help them, neighbors that they haven't met uh, or didn't know a good relationship, have a good relationship with. Their neighbors came to help. Their insurance has come in. We have seen God's hand on it, and it has been really beautiful, hard but beautiful. So thank you for your prayers, guys. Uh, this morning, we are diving in, and we, we've stuck with this uh, series, even last week. And if you've been with us, we've been traveling through moments, interactions in Scripture, where Jesus has said, in his own ways, in his own ways, I'm not quoting him when I say this isn't it, but many times, his interactions with people, he has shown them, hey, how you love isn't it. Hey, how you interacting with one another, how you're giving, how you think worship is, how you think my church is, in interactions, how you treat the less than. It isn't it. It's not all it could be, all it should be. And we have seen over and over this series that uh, God's economy is very different than man's. That God's economy, his way of doing things, and if you've been with us, I've been trying to team up some words that rhyme each week. So we've had like living and giving, we've had, um, we've had last week running and com uh, coming and running, we're trying to make it so you can remember them. And in each interaction that Jesus has, he changes these words' definition. If you are with us last week, we talked about how our go-to response when trials come is to run, right? 
But Jesus has transformed that in his kingdom, there's no reason to run. And in fact, running will always hurt the beauty of coming to him. If we always have an option of hitting the go button and ejecting out like and leaving and putting up walls, then it will always damage the, the in, in interaction, the intimacy, the uh, genuineness of worshiping him, of coming to him. So that was last week. And this morning, if you want to title this message, I would love for you to write this down. If you want to title it, you can say, where I belong and who I bring along. That's what we're calling this, the two words, belong and along. Because where I belong, what I deem as my home, it actually, in the kingdom, it, it defines who, why I bring th- people along. But I, I will sadly say, our world, as we get into this, I want us to come to realize that our life in this world Our fallen nature has really put rigid definitions on what the word belong means. Have you ever walked into a place, I mean, we see this a lot in kids, but we don't talk about it much in adults because you've known better now. You know better. You don't even go to those places because you know you don't belong. But you remember when you were a child and you, you, you realized really quickly where you belonged or fit in and where you didn't. It's very interesting. The world has very rigid definitions of this word belong. The world says belonging is based on what, you, uh, what you've reward, been rewarded with or what you have earned in life or your economic status or what you look like. It, it defines belonging. That you don't belong here because you don't look like us. Or you don't belong here because you don't earn what we earn. Or you have a different lifestyle. The world says belonging comes from achievements. Or it's associated with location. You're not a real Chiefs fan because you don't belong to Kansas City like we do. Right? Belonging. The world puts rigid lines. Rigid lines as if it's like a trophy to receive. I belong to that gym. Or I'm a member to that club. I belong there. I was born into that family. I, I have that wealth because I, I was born into it. It's a hand I was dealt. But I will tell you what this does in the rigid lines. It then interacts and changes how we see where I belong or uh, what I belong to or how to belong or who doesn't belong here. It starts getting associated with what I have or what they don't have or what I've done or what they haven't done yet or what I hope to do and accomplish. The world has just really messed up the word belong for us. But can I tell you something? As we get into this, the definition is not like that in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is very different. In the kingdom of God, belonging comes from who has you and not from what you have. You see, in the, in the world, belonging comes from what's in your hands. But in the kingdom of God, belonging comes from whose hands you are in. And I think we got to see this with clarity as we dive into this this morning. Because the most damaging thing the world can do, the enemy can do for a church, is to put up so many barriers that people will see from the outside that they don't belong there because they don't dress like you, because they don't have their life put together like you do, because their, their marriage isn't healthy like yours is. And the enemy wants this word belong to be the very reason they never step in. But in the kingdom of God, it has nothing to do with what we have or what we've earned or what we've achieved. It has everything to do with who has us. 
What is in God's hands? And I'll tell you as we get into this, <laughs> Paul writes very bluntly to the Colossians about Jesus. And we just saying there's power in the name of Jesus. Well, Paul writes to the Colossian church and he says this about Jesus. He says that all things have been created through Jesus and for Jesus and Jesus himself is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. Now, if this is a little theology lesson, all right, but I need you to understand this if we're going to move on. If the kingdom's definition of belonging is it, 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 it only depends on what is in God's hands, we, we belong to, to him, then what belongs, what's in his hands? Paul would say everything, right? All things are held together by him. And this idea keeps going. I mean, if it all belongs to him, then we all find our belonging in him. But King David himself, he goes uh, in Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it is his, the world and those who live in it. Now, I keep saying this because I need you to realize who belongs? Everyone. Who belongs? Everyone. What belongs? Everything. On this side of eternity, all things are held together, are held together by Christ, are held together. It's very interesting. Uh, one of the most <laughs> uh, damaging phrases is that the world will always love to say that, uh, that you don't belong until you're one of us. But in the kingdom of God, and we see this in churches now, and modern churches have worded this really well, and I'm very thankful for this. This phrase right here, uh, which you saw, it was a little spoiler alert, that everyone can belong before they believe. And I'll tell you uh, that this is the gospel, that our God calls people his before they're his. And that's really strange. And I need you to, to understand this. And it might be really hard to, to, to get in. But, but people have a spot near Jesus. They belong at the table with Jesus before they ever believe that he's Jesus. Why? Because he has created them. They are children of God. And we have to understand this concept is very clear. Because you will always put up barriers between you and people that don't look like you. Whether you're doing it intentionally or unintentionally. But a statement of the kingdom is that people belong here. They have a place here before they believe. And maybe they don't belong eternally yet, but they belong here on this side. Why? Because they've been held together, held together by my Savior. He has made them. They belong to him. The earth and all that's in it is his. In Romans, Paul writes something very hard that some of you love like metaphors. And I, I just need to push this because we got to realize this before we can get on. All right. In Romans, Paul calls uh, the father, God, a potter. Have you heard that metaphor? He calls him the good potter. And as he gets into this, he talks about these, uh, the lumps of clay. And from the same lump of clay will come objects of wrath and objects of mercy but at the same time, they all are belonging to the Father. And he words it this way. He, he goes completely beautiful. He says that what if God, though desiring to show his wrath and to make his power known, has actually endured with much patience the objects of wrath 
that are made for destructions? And what if he has done so in order to make the riches of his glory known? So I just pause. What this is saying is our father is so gracious that from the same lump, we know some will become children of God. Others in this world, they will die and desire to not have him and will be forever separated. But our God has endured with patience. That word means he carries patiently both lumps right here, both vessels. And so if, if they belong in his hands now, if he carries them with patience now, the people who, will, who, who look at us and say that we are small-minded, the people in the world who look at us and say we, we don't know anything that we are saying, if God can see the people who love him and the people who will never love him and carry them with endurance and patience until the very end, then I think we can too. Shouldn't we carry people? Shouldn't we say you belong? You belong here too. And the hard part is that would change how we interact with people. That would change how we treat people. That would change the level of compassion and the level of kindness that we give to someone. Because if my God can endure patiently with them, then I think I should too. I think I should too. And there is this beautiful interaction that Jesus has with a man who would later write the bulk of what you would see as the gospel of Jesus. The, the book of Matthew. It's the largest book, uh, the largest gospel. And Matthew met Jesus in this really pretty, beautiful interaction. All right, And he records it in this way. And I think you will see some, some very powerful things about belonging. Because where we belong really hits who we bring along. And so in this, the story writes that as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at a tax booth. Now, I don't know if you know anything about tax collectors, but these are the people from the Jewish background, from a Jewish background, who have literally said, I care more about money than my people, and so I will tax my people a whole lot of money so that I can get a cut and I can serve Rome. They bettered themselves in this. And so they, were, they no longer belonged to their families. In fact, many tax collectors were cast out. It's like uh, today if someone le left um, their background uh, in heavy religions, Muslim religions, sometimes their parents, their family disowns them. And this is the same thing. If a tax collector came from a Jewish background, they were, their family would disown them. And so here he is sitting at his tax booth, and he, uh, Jesus says to him, follow me. And it says, Matthew got up, left everything, and followed him. Luke, in Luke's gospel, it says, so Matthew created this great banquet for Jesus. But it says in Matthew's gospel, then literally the next thing, it says, and as Jesus sat at dinner in the house, I feel like Matthew didn't really want to give credit to himself, but it's Matthew's house that he gives this beautiful, great banquet for Jesus. In Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to Jesus' disciples, why does your teacher eat with sinners, with tax collectors. In other words, they do not belong there. They don't belong with Jesus. Those are sinners. You don't belong in that crowd. Jesus is sitting right next to someone who's drunk. He doesn't belong there. They don't belong together. In other words, you are scum. That is a rabbi. They don't belong. 
Why is your rabbi, your teacher, eating with tax collectors? And I love this because it continues. It says, but when he heard this, Jesus heard this, Jesus said, those who are well have no need of a physician, a doctor, but those who are sick, they do. And if you know this story, it's in every gospel, but no other one of the gospels writes what's next, writes this little piece. And I think it's because Matthew, it really resonated with him. Matthew remembers Jesus saying, so go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And then every one of the Gospels picks up right here. For I have come to call not the righteous, but the sinners. I desire mercy. Jesus showcases what belonging looks like. And it is so beautiful. But the Pharisees, they missed it all together. He desires mercy, not sacrifice. For the Pharisee, they belonged at the church because they did obedience. They sacrificed. They put in their time. They made sure they withheld the bad things. They belonged there because they did, 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 did. They had, had, had. They, they sacrificed. They obeyed. They put in their time and their limits. And those people, the sinners, the tax collectors, they didn't. I belong. They don't. For the Pharisees, they desired sacrifice, this level of obedience, and they completely disowned the fact that in the kingdom of God, the big picture is all belong before they believe. All belong before they believe. And one day our hope is that they internally belong, but right now on this side of death, all belong in this place because mercy is what he desires. You see, for... (laughs) For the, the Pharisees, it was this me and God thing. And everything I do in the, in the temple, it was to better myself. And it really disrupts everything. But can I tell you, mercy rewrites sacrifice. Can you think of what it would have been like if God just decided one day to die for the sake of, of just himself, then resurrecting to just show that he could? That's sacrifice. But we know that God is love. And so God cannot help but sacrifice with mercy, which means compassion will be showed. It won't just be for me. It'll be for all. It's beautiful. So if you want to take our note down, write this, that the display of mercy is what communicates belonging. And I think you have all been to churches that have felt a lack of mercy. I have. I can remember the most painful time in ministry that my wife and I have ever had is this man walks into a church and it was there and I was there and I saw the whole thing happen yet I didn't have the boldness to say anything. But this man walks into a church and one of the elders there told him that he told them told him that he doesn't belong there. That he, he's not supposed to be there. And I watched as this man was wanting to get coffee, the elder took the coffee and told him to leave. And I was just infuriated. My wife, Kate is a little bit of a firecracker. She was like, what happened? And, and so we learned that years ago, this man snuck in and stole glasses from the janitor. He stole glasses. So he wasn't able to come back. No. Mercy communicates belonging. 
and there was no compassion showed and so no belonging was communicated. What is this, a hierarchy? It is not the kingdom of God then. Because the kingdom of God says you, be, you can belong here. Of course, you won't, you won't experience the level of peace that we're trying to show. Like you won't be able to experience the fullness of joy that Jesus has yet until you give your life to him. But you belong at my table with me. You belong in my home. You belong in my life. You belong in seeing this out. And we have this problem sometimes. We look at the Pharisees and we see them all high and mighty and we feel like we are like a thousand feet from that. We can pat ourselves on the back and be done with it. Because I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't dress high and mighty and look down on people, right? We can look at the Pharisees and be like, we don't act like that. We don't put up barriers. I mean, we're lucky. We're in a YMCA gym. This thing isn't this, this immaculate temple that people can't walk in. No people do life here. So we're not like the Pharisees at all, right? We can quickly say that. But this mistaken concept of belonging, it still gets you and me. It gets you and me. So I spent some time, <laughs> some of you are going to laugh in my face right now. I spent some time this week trying to think of the best metaphor to describe how we mistake belonging. Are you ready? Some of you are going to think it's completely crazy, but bear with me. Are you ready? This is the best, and I've loved, I've really gravitated to this ever since it came to my mind. And so I will tell you, when we do not own God's definition of belonging, something negative and nasty happens to our hearts. So if you want to take a note down, let it sink in, you can laugh, whatever write this. We have this tendency to view church like it's Costco. We have this tendency to view church like it's Costco. I'm not a Pharisee, but I'm a Costco member at times. And now let me explain this, all right? You ready? We have a tendency to view, maybe Costco's not your place. Some of you are like, Sam's Club. Uh, all right, we have a tendency to view church like a Sam's Club, like something that has a membership. And now listen, I have a whole little, little montage. Are you ready for this? I don't know about you, but I love Costco. I go there to get what my family needs. And uh, I buy in bulk at Costco so I don't have to go very often because I may love Costco, but also the lines are terrible. And I just, I don't like it at times. And so I want to get there, get in and get out, get fed, get exactly what is on my list for me and my family. And I buy in bulk so I don't have to go but once a month, right? Think about it. Did you know the average Christian in America goes to church once a month. And I think it's because we have this idea, this mindset of I'll go to be fed, get all that I can, and then I'll leave. Costco. Uh, I don't know about you, but I love myself at Costco. But it's also this go in, get my street tacos, and get out kind of a thing, right? I don't want to talk to anyone. I mean, there's sometimes when the cash register woman is like, oh, good choice with the street tacos. And I'm like, I know they're pretty good, but hurry. I don't do that, but I want, I want in, I want out because it's about what I'm getting at Costco. And I have a membership to Costco. The membership of Costco I paid for, it's mine, it's my family's, but get this, I don't talk about Costco. My relationship with Costco is my relationship with Costco. I mean, it would be weird, think about it, if I just started telling, hey, you gotta come with me to Costco. Like, it's just, I don't do that, I don't even think about it. I mean, if this, the idea of street tacos comes up, I mean, I will blast, like, the, the praises of street tacos, but only then. It's not, I don't talk about Costco at my workplace. I don't talk about Costco. 
I don't even think about inviting someone to Costco because if they wanted to go there, they could do it themselves. They could get there themselves. If they wanted to go to Costco, they could do it themselves. I don't even think about it. I don't even think about what it has for me. I mean, it's not my responsibility to bring someone to Costco. I mean, I don't even think about inviting them. It's never happened. But now listen, are you ready for this? When my family comes into town, they're out of town people or have friends from out of town, I'm like, hey guys, you gotta check out Costco because you're like me. We, I belong with you. You're like me. You will like it too. Come, I gotta show you. And I pull out my membership card. I show them all the things. We gotta get what I get. You, you like this and then we go home. But the average person on the street, I'm not like, hey, Costco's for you. <laughs> Costco's for you. I don't even think about it. I don't even think it's bad because I don't think about it. Now, if I did that whole montage again and exchanged every time I said Costco with the church, how evident and real and true would it have still been? My relationship with my church is just for me. It's my relationship with my church. Me and my family, we go, we put our time in, and we get out. We get in, get out, and leave. I don't even think about church when I'm with my friends or at work. I don't even think about the idea of what I got there or what happened there. I don't even think, it doesn't even come to my mind. I don't even register in my mind that the person on the street would want to go to church because they could go to church if they wanted. If they wanted to do it, they could. I don't even think about it. I've never invited them. It's not my responsibility to invite them to church. I've never done it. Now, but if a family member comes or a friend who I know is like me, if they come, I'll say, hey, you got to come to my church because I know you'll like it. But someone else who I don't know, it's Costco. We aren't Pharisees, but we're Costco members. And I will tell you the most damaging thing that we can ever do is to forget that people belong here. It's to forget that they have an inerrant need to experience the fullness of peace that is at work here, that is at work in our life, that is at work in, in community. We have to realize that we are not Costco members. We are part of the heavenly family that all our belongers to, that all have the ability to see. Do you know, Jesus even healed people who would never believe in him, but it was because there was this grace for people still. And we have to do that. We cannot treat Glory Church like it's Costco or else it's going to be full of people who look like us because those are the only people that you will have the boldness of sharing your faith with. But if you truly believed that all belong, then who would you bring along? If you truly believed that all belong, who would you bring along? If you want to take a very practical note, write this down. Belonging is expressed, or we can say communicated. It is shown. It is felt. Belonging is expressed when we make the big picture very personal for people. Now, I want you to write that down, but think about it. The big picture, 
the truth of, hey, everyone belongs. Everyone is held by my eternal father. Everyone, Jesus came. He, for so, he so loved the world that he came and died for all. That big picture, belonging is expressed when I make it very personal. When I go down to a couple, I'm going to use you guys, and I say, hey, I'm not just this pastor, this face, but I, I care about you. I care about how your marriage is going, your relationship. I care about how you view yourself. You see, belonging is communicated when that big picture that I know my Savior died for all is very personal, and I know my Savior died for them. And so the life he's given me, I'm going to believe it's possible for everyone. You see, belonging is expressed when we make the big picture very personal and how dare me not do that. I'm a Pharisee when I don't. I'm a Costco member. Belonging is so beautiful when we actually communicate it. So as we end this morning, I want to actually share with you a story that happens right before this banquet dinner at Matthew's house. You guys can come on. Yeah, you can come on up. This beautiful story, I don't know if you knew this, but in Matthew chapter 9, right before Matthew came to know Jesus, this beautiful interaction happens of Jesus teaching at a crowd. He's in a house. Maybe you've seen this. Uh, maybe you've seen this, maybe not uh, in Scripture, but he's teaching in a house, and there's this crowd coming, and people who do not belong in that house see a crowd from the outside, and they're going to force their way in. You know the story about the paralyzed man who gets healed? Let's tell it to you. Are you ready? So this, this group of friends know my friend is lame. He doesn't belong with people. In fact, lame people, hurt people in this culture did not belong there. But because I believe he is worthy to be with the presence of Jesus, we're going to carry him. And so it's really powerful. The story writes that these friends went all the way around the crowd, climbed up on the roof. They climbed up on the roof, made a hole, and dropped their friend. Because when you realize that everyone belongs, you will bring even the lame along. Did you hear me? When you realize that everyone belongs, you will bring that person who you just struggle with at times along in your life. Why? Because they are valued at the feet of Jesus. And so that friend was dropped. And when I was a child, I did not understand the story. But Jesus looks at the friends and says, because of your faith, he is, he is saved. And I was always so confused by that. Because of their faith? But think about it. They saw the big picture made it very personal, and their friend got to experience personally Jesus. So powerful. The worst thing you can do to our city is to forget that there are lame friends who you are empowered to bring along, who you have been called to bring along. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. 
For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.